Hello there, my name is Jeff and welcome to episode 15 of the Game Sharks podcast where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, Magic the Gathering. Uh, new new set I sure love <laughs> not having the money to buy anything. Yeah, it's a weird time. They're revealing a new set and they're also revealing a new commander set, which is our favorite format and it makes me sad because I want to buy cards and build decks, but who knows when we're going to actually get to play them. Yeah, for real. So, yeah, that makes me a little sad. I don't think playing over the internet is really an option for us. No, people have been like, oh, just point your cameras at the the table, but it still gets confusing and messy, and often you got to grab someone's yeah. card and read what it does just to make sure and keep track of things. And then we're not seeing each other. That's a big part. Of it. I don't know. It's sad. Yeah. I miss board games as a whole because of this because you can't really get together with people to play them. Mm-hmm. Although my friend uh, Q-Tip and Tron and I all played Catan over the internet on Sunday. That was pretty fun. That's pretty cool. How'd you do that? There's just a, a web browser called, or a page called Catan Universe. And we oh, all just made okay. accounts. It's free. And we just played Catan. Q slapped us. Cool. <laughs> you could have joined I... if you came and hung out with us on Sunday. Uh I tried to join, and I think you guys had just finished because the Zoom call was over. I was like, damn it. I, like, just was free. Oh, yeah. It was fun. We played that. We played Jackbox. Kinda did you like at least about. text him back? Nope. He did not. Did I text Jeff back? Oh, yeah. I was, I was giving... I uh, Savage. Yeah, I was talking to Andrew, giving Nick shit because he never responds to us anymore. He just ignores us and hangs out with his girlfriend all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Um, and video games video game uh, we have the old school traditional regular crew with us today we have adam hello we have andrew yeah and we have derek hello uh today we're gonna give you your usual email from steve we're gonna go over some news things but the big topic for the day is the video game book club castlevania symphony of the night we all played it and we're going to see how we feel about it. This is my second time playing, and I have new thoughts and new opinions coming in. So, yeah, it'll be really fun. Especially this time after having played Super Metroid. Exactly. And I played yeah. so many new uh, Metroidvanias recently, so it'll be nice to compare that to the rest of them. This is actually my first time ever actually playing a Castlevania game, so this has been a cool experience. Yeah, I'm really excited for us to talk about it. But... Let's start how we usually do by reading the email that Steve will inevitably always send to us. Um, So this is Steve. He says, hello, everyone. One day I'm going to write a coherent email that Jeff isn't going to stumble through. Today is probably not that day, though. Uh, I'm going to let you know right now, Steve, it's not your emails. It's me. I was just going (laughs) to say the same thing. I get really in my own head when I'm reading something sometimes, and I like mentally block myself from paying attention to whatever the next word is, and then it just snowballs and get worse and worse because now I'm like, oh, I'm stumbling, and then I block the next word even more. So, yeah, that's not your fault. That's just me. I'm a really bad reader. I've always been a really bad reader. So that's why I play video games, so I don't have to read as much. Uh, The rest of his email says... What has happened to Stadia? Jeff told me about it last summer, and I thought it was cool, but I feel like that the November release fell flat. I liked the concept. I probably would do something along those lines instead of buying the new console. Best, Steve. Um, so this is pretty interesting because uh, Stadia just made an announcement that they're going to be free for the next two months. Oh, yeah. Wow. All you need is a Google email account. And basically, 
I think, Steve, what the big issue with Stadia was is it wasn't what everyone thought it was going to be when it was initially announced. They kind of dodged around how it was going to work or like what yeah. the pricing and, and monetization would be like, and they just explained the service. So everyone thought it was going to be kind of like a Netflix where you played, paid a flat monthly rate and then you could play all the games on their service, kind of like what Xbox Game Pass has kind of turned into. Um, but instead, what it ended up being is you have to physically buy all the games uh for often full price uh so i think that was one of the big reasons that it kind of fell flat out the gate because it wasn't what people thought it was going to be and also they were toting uh high frame rates and good fidelity and people were experiencing issues uh with all that so people were like why would i play this version when i can just go play a version that works well you know Mm. Yeah, the announcement that it was going free confused me because I guess I didn't even know what Stadia really was. Uh, I thought it was like a con- like a it had a does it have a dedicated console box? No, at so all? so what it is is just a web browser uh, through Google Chrome, and you just go to this website and you stream the game through the internet from some Google okay. warehouse where they have all these supercomputers set up to that can run the game really, really well, and then it's right it in to you. theory. So yeah, it's all about your internet connection, basically. So you Correct. could you could play like Assassin's Creed Odyssey on your phone uh-huh. or on uh, any, any Google, anything that runs Google. Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, okay. Which sounded really on cool. on my uh, PS4 internet browser. I don't know if you could do that, but maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think the reason we haven't heard a lot about Sadia is because it wasn't what people expected it to be, and then on top of that, it hasn't been working very well. And I know a lot of people who did get in on it were frustrated with how it's performed. Um, but yeah, with this new announcement from Stadia, this was what well, I think yesterday they just announced this. Um, you can play. Uh, you can sign up for free and because yeah i think you have to have what is it the pro subscription it's the pro subscription that's free um and what that does is it's kind of like xbox live with or gold and then ps plus where every month you get a handful of free games uh so some of the games that you could get if you were to sign up for stadia pro right now is destiny 2 grid guilt SteamWorld Dig 2, which even if you sign up and jump through all these hoops, it's worth it to play SteamWorld Dig 2 because that game is amazing. I highly recommend SteamWorld <laughs> Dig 2. Um, SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgamech, which is that card-based RPG I was just playing recently. It's pretty decent. Serious Sam Collection Spitlings, Stack on Stacks on Stacks, and Thumper, which is that rhythm game. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> If you wanted to, uh, Steve, now would be a good time to kind of look into it and see what it's all about because you can get in for free. And as long as you have an Xbox controller to hook up to whatever you're playing with, then you can just play these games. And like I said, SteamWorld Dig 2 was a phenomenal game. It was one of my favorite games. I think it came out in 2018. Um, So I highly recommend that. But yeah, that's kind of, I think, why Stadia hasn't been successful at all. It's because it's kind of bad. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, at least I know when I when I first heard about it, I was very skeptical because it's just like the tech, the tech isn't there yet. Like network network infrastructure just isn't there yet. Uh, but you know, in five years when everybody has you know, uh, like two, three five hundred plus megabit per second internet connections, it'll be great. But right now, just not the play. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, but how much teraflops? <laughs> I don't. That's the thing is I th I think it's super the the their servers are super powerful. Yeah, like their individual computers and servers that are running these are like significantly stronger than any single console. It's like the highest of high end PCs, and yeah. it's just sending you the stream of the video of that console playing it to your web browser. Right. Oh, actually, it's not Jeff. What? It's ten points. They promise ten point seven teraflops. So, in oh. theory, it's less than what the Xbox Series X will launch with this huh. holiday. I guess. Yeah. Well, there's your answer. So I hadn't been considering <laughs> that they announced this back last spring before any news of the new consoles had come out. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm just going off of old information and not incorporating the new information that we know so yeah if, if that's the thing it, these aren't even gonna be as strong as the new xbox why even bother you know i don't know but i think it it's probably very easy for them to say in a year go okay let's upgrade all our servers and now everyone will have the newest generation of stuff so it, it yeah it, it has its pluses i would say it's just not the right time yeah we'll see um, Steve, if you're looking for more of that Netflix subscription, like we initially thought that Stadia was going to be, you should definitely check out Xbox Game Pass. I know, I'm pretty sure you have an Xbox. Uh, it's basically, that's what it is. is you pay 10 bucks a month and you have access to a huge list of games that you can just play for free, as long as you're paying the subscription, similar to Netflix. So definitely check that out. Um, thank you for that email, Steve. If anyone else would like to send a question for us to answer similar to that. You can reach us at GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, thank you, Steve. All right, let's move into our news for the day. I only have three things. It wasn't a super busy news week, but there was one huge thing that we'll save for last. Um, yep. But let's start with uh, our favorite game right now, Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh, Derek, you still going strong on Animal Crossing? All right, what is, what's your opinion on eggs? Oh, boy. <laughs> Tell me about eggs. That was that was frustrating. I, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Animal Crossing started its uh, Bunny Day holiday event a couple days ago. Knock off Easter. Last week, I think. Um, and the whole gimmick is there's special recipes that you can craft and gain in, in the world, but they all require uh, eggs. But the way you get these eggs is they randomly drop from like your normal resource pools. So like wood from trees, uh, stones and stuff from rocks, uh, fish from the sea, fish from the from the water, uh, stuff random stuff from the sky and stuff in the ground and bu uh, not bugs, yeah, and stuff in the ground. And so that's like it's like okay, that's not too bad. The problem was is they had the drop rate of eggs like way too high. Like, I, that's the funniest thing. I like listen to myself say that that something's drop rate was too high. Like, usually in a game, the drop rate's too low, and you're like, damn it, like I can't make any of this stuff. It was way too high uh, compared to like the normal stuff. And yeah, it it was made for a frustrating couple couple days. Yeah, um, I don't. Anyone who went on the internet would. Uh, because Animal Crossing is all you see on the internet nowadays. Uh, it was just people tweeting, here is the list of things, fish I caught today. Water egg, water egg, water egg, water egg, water egg. And yeah, apparently just like and it, eggs. It was only eggs. People weren't getting fish. Yeah. They weren't getting other things. And 
they don't sell for a crazy amount if i'm correct right so actually what i figured out is if you craft them into i think it was like the outfits eventually so if you get enough of the eggs you eventually like unlock recipes for like egg outfits and they're so dumb looking but if you make the outfit they sell the outfits sell for like 900 uh bells which so that's like pretty it's pretty good for three eggs to sell something for 900 bells and you you get so many eggs like i i think i made like almost 100 grand yeah the other day by just using taking all my eggs and making them into outfits and then selling oh that's not too bad then i guess it's just yeah it prevents so, you the drop rate prevents you from being able to do other things because like you're like oh, okay right, i need wood or it right, makes exactly. it take so much longer to get the resources you need because say you're like okay i need this much wood and over half of the wood that you'd normally be getting is now eggs um, right right so they did they did drop a patch though yes uh nintendo heard the complaints of the eggs and dropped a patch significantly yeah. reducing the egg drop rate it's still decent what do you would you say it's like one out of three now instead of two out of three Something yeah definitely yeah um so yeah that is gonna go till april 11th so two days from when we're recording this and then april 12th which is the last day of bunny day which is easter uh it's gonna go back to the what, what it was for before wait really yes that's what they're saying um the rate of eggs Why? will increase again on april 12th to commemorate easter sunday i don't know because oh. it's easter eggs yeah i guess but that makes a little bit of sense yeah it's not terrible that... i can understand it yeah, and that I don't mind too, because I think that's the last day. So it's like, okay, like now, you know, if you've got anything you didn't get yet, here you go. Now's your chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So it, it's nice to see that Nintendo is kind of looking at people online and adjusting things on the fly. Um. Hopefully they see all the complaints about, um, what was it? The resident leader, uh, mm-hmm. resident representative or whatever. A lot of people having issues with that and swapping back and forth or letting player two on the island have input in main quests and stuff like that. So there's definitely some stuff that they still need to change and hopefully they listen like they did with this, but who knows, honestly, it's, it's so yeah. hard to predict what Nintendo will do with. Yeah. Nintendo responding. doesn't exactly have the greatest, you know, history with listening to community feedback. Yeah. It's sad. Um, all right, moving on. E3. So after they announced that E3 was canceled this year, they said they were still going to do a bunch of organization and stuff for uh, to have like a digital presentation mm-hmm. uh, to kind of replace the event where everyone would go. But now they said E3 2020 is entirely off. We are not doing a digital event. Um, they There's a quote here uh, that was provided to IGN. It says, given the disruption brought on by COVID-19 pandemic, we will not be presenting online E3 2020 event in June. Instead, we will be working with exhibitors to promote and showcase individual company announcements, in- including on www.e3expo.com in the, co- in the coming months. We look forward to bringing our industry and community together in 2021 to present a reimagined E3 that will highlight new offerings and thrill our audience. Um, So basically what they're saying is they're not going to have a cohesive event, but they're said that they're going to contact developers to get their announcements to show up on the E3 website. But what do the developers have to gain Uh from that? It's kind of my question. Right. Like, 
none of the big yeah, it sounds to me it sounds to me like they reached out and said hey we still want to have an event and everyone was like yeah we're just gonna do everything on our own time now and so like wait but please like can we just like put it on our website then <laughs> yeah that's what it sounds like because like they're really yeah. desperately like please let us announce things yeah you. <laughs> they want to they stay relevant even though they're still planning to reimagine it for next year but they kind of need to bide time for that they yeah. can't do nothingness it has the same energy as gamestop declaring themselves essential stores <laughs> yeah it definitely seems like a move of desperation um for sure but i i don't know i think this goes back to our conversation we had a couple of weeks ago where like i don't think e3 is going to survive this whatever it becomes after this year will have no resemblance to what it previously was you know it's going to be more like a pax where people go to test out indie games and hang out and maybe mm-hmm. meet people who work at i don't know some companies i don't know i just don't think it's going to be a thing that people are interested in especially after seeing this year if they see themselves having successful announcements and things and they're getting as much good feedback and response from the community as if they went to E3, why would they spend the money to go mm-hmm. there, you know? Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, this is basically the same thing we've been saying for since kind of they announced... <laughs> actually, since, what, two years ago that Sony dropped out of E3, or was that just last year was the first time? I think that was just last year. Just yeah. last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah last year It already year feels like time. so long. So I think that was, like, the starting point or one of the big uh, pushing points on the the format of e3 changing and becoming something entirely different and i'm with you derek you always say that this kind of saddens you and i'm right there with you because e3 was always such a big thing for me growing up and it's a very important time every year for me Um, yeah it but you know and the the silver lining though is is there's like nice we get all these nice little like random like hey we're doing a stream you know this saturday for an hour so it's like oh okay you know it is still there it just spread out more throughout the year some would say a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it is cool to have like a lot of smaller press conference type things scattered throughout the year as opposed to one overwhelming weekend of announcements, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I'm sure this is probably a sigh of relief for journalists. Yeah. I mean, some of them really thrived in in E3 week and they, it's like, true. they would start making plans in, I don't know, August for the E3 in the next June, you know? Right, right. It was a big part of their thing, and they probably yeah, made a lot of money off of it too. And it's also probably, but this does remove a lot of workload. But it's also kind of. And a, if they're still doing announcements throughout the year yeah, anyway, then that's I mean, true. I always think it's probably like a community thing. Like you get to see your your friends every year that you maybe uh, you know like you know Game Informers in Minnesota, but you know the IGN guys are in Washington, so they you know, get to see each other often. But then at e3 they're all there you know it's like kind of one of those things like oh i haven't seen jeff from from x gen in like th- a year and now i get to catch up with him you know so it's it, it does that that kind of piece goes missing yeah that's true network but that's not stuff. for us we're not we're not journalists not <laughs> yet yet <laughs> um yeah so uh don't expect any sort of e3 anything this year i guess that's kind of where that ends off uh, all right. Biggest news. How many companies do you think will still announce stuff around the same time, though? I think it's going to be like half. It would be my guess. So we're not going to get everybody doing stuff. I know Bethesda said they're not doing it. Um, 
there's been a couple people already saying like we're not going to do any big presentation type things in june but i'm sure nintendo still will yeah i'm sure xbox still will absolutely they're probably going to do most of the revealing of their new console there um i wouldn't be surprised if sony did it sometime around then but who knows um all right cool let's talk about probably the coolest and biggest thing this week so was this two days ago uh yeah so on tuesday randomly out of nowhere sony dropped the first images of their ps5 controller which they have dubbed dual sense so yes they're dropping they're dropping the dual shock name we're not gonna get dual shock 5 we're on to the dual sense uh first impressions i want to know the first thoughts that popped into your head when you saw this controller it's a controller <laughs> yeah i mean it had an interesting look to it but i didn't really read into the specs that much Derek, what were your thoughts uh i like it yeah i, uh, I think i like it too so my initial looks... thought when i first saw it was this looks like uh a futuristic design that you would see someone random like some random person on, on the internet be like here's the future of video games ps4 before like well before we knew anything about the ps4 it seems like uh a crack shoot idea for like that someone on the internet thinks that the future of video game peripherals should look like you know and say do you remember what the original ps3 controller looked like when they announced it yeah the boomerang yeah the boomerang that's what this made me think of yeah like what you're saying like like what what uh a concept uh like you know how concept cars are like cars that like are made to look really floppy and weird like it was a this is a concept controller it's not real it's never going to come into production but it's to show what like maybe this is what the future could hold but now this is what we're getting yeah it absolutely looks like something that you'd never actually see just like a mock-up but yeah yeah but it's yeah it's we're getting this uh i've heard a lot of people compare it to a portal turret um (laughs) which is is pretty cool um so for those who haven't seen it definitely look up dual sense controller or ps5 controller they've moved away from uh let's see the ps1 had a gray controller but every system since then the standard controller has just been completely black almost yeah yeah so now the area around the thumbsticks is black but everything else is a white and then around the touchpad is this blue glow and the the buttons uh for the d-pad and for the face buttons are clear and there's just very simple black outlines of the cross circle triangle and square and then the directions on the d-pad and it's like very simplistic but also going for that cool futuristic vibe you know it's it's almost exactly. like minimalist in a sense hmm. I re- they're not trying to be too flashy i like it uh i don't know it kind so, of so, yeah it's cool yeah go ahead derek so so jeff you bring up the 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 change in colors of the of playstation controllers over the years but the f- one thing that i think people might be overlooking a little bit is the controller cover color has always coincided with the console color so the gray with the ps the playstation uh the black with the ps2 the black with the ps3 the black with the ps4 so is the ps5 going to be white and black is it going to be white so have they if it's white with those blue accents oh yeah that'd be pretty cool that looks so cool have they said that the white one is the default controller 
I, I would assume it is if that's the one they're showing everybody. Yeah, yeah right. Why, why would they show a random car you could get but isn't with the console itself? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. It's really cool. I would love to have a, a white console with like a blue glow to it. I think that would look really cool on the shelf. It might make me, if that ends up being the design, it might make me get a PS5 at launch. Just, <laughs> just on aesthetic alone. You know, I was thinking that too. It's like, <laughs> I was going to wait for a really important game, but that controller right? looks pretty cool. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Uh, just, we... just do it Do it for the photo ops. We're <laughs> such suckers. I know. We are. But that's, that's exactly why they did this move. They made it look so cool and futuristic that it's gonna pull people in that weren't initially gonna get yeah. it just just because it looks cool we're such idiots but i love it yeah, yeah as much as i try and be like you know analytical and smart about things my brain sees shiny and goes ooh. <laughs> um so on a more technical standpoint the the share button has now been replaced with the create button which i'm sure is just going to do similar things they're just changing it so you're creating clips instead of sharing clips i'm it's going to be the same exact thing um right. it's got haptic feedback triggers and resistance triggers so uh i think xbox said they're doing that with their the series x correct so the, yes i believe so so the triggers like say you're playing the last of us and you're pulling down on the bow it's going to give you like slight tension as you're pulling on it or like slight vibrations too to make it feel like you're you have that tension from a bowstring on it um which hd rumble basically yeah um nice so this is going to come down to a similar thing of the the gamecube or not gamecube sorry the the pro <laughs> damn it the joy cons uh where it's a really cool feature that one or two launch games are going to use and then no one's ever going to use it again um there's a microphone built into the controller so that you can do uh voice chat with your friends without a headset that's kind of cool i don't know how and there's well a headphone work. jack there is still a headphone jack. Yeah, that's how I listen to my audio on the PS4 is I just plug headphones into the controller uh, because I don't have... I play on a computer monitor that doesn't have speakers. so And that works well for me, so I'm happy that that's back. Um, and then it's switching to USB-C, which I, I'm very happy. Everything's, Thank God. Yeah, literally everything should just be USB-C because it's mm. easy and convenient yeah. and you can't plug it in the wrong way. It works uh, both sides. It's great. Everything should be USB-C. Um, so, yeah. Jeff, it's weird. Other than, like, you and I, nobody else I know uses USB-C for anything. They don't know what it is. It's crazy. They're like, uh, is that yeah. the square one? No, it's not the square <laughs> yeah, one. That too. Oh, is that the little trapezoid one? No, that's USB-C. My parents are, like, like, trying to get a cord for them is ridiculous. It's so hard. It, like, a lot of technology is finally switching over to USB-C because it's universal. Uh, and yeah. it's so easy and convenient. It's got more power than uh, regular USB and USB 2.0. Uh, but not a lot of people update their technology as often as we do. We're very much right. immersed in this world. So they are so confused by it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so. but... We're slowly getting there where do? everyone's gonna have USB C's. But yeah, I feel like I like I'll go to my parents' house and be like, Oh, I need to charge my phone. Do you guys have USB C? And they just look at me like I'm, <laughs> I'm crazy. Isn't your dad the tech guy? Yeah, my dad's an electrical engineer and he loves technology and I I'm pretty sure he still is like confused by USB C because why? why? Yeah. He likes old school stuff. Yeah. I've told the story about how he invested in uh yep. uh HD DVD instead of Blu-ray. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Uh, yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic Paul. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This controller got me really excited. Unnecessarily so, I think. But I'm pretty excited about yeah. it. It looks really cool. Uh, it's like, it's not too... Like, like obviously, there's no way... Unless you're Nintendo, you're not going to make a controller that's really mind-blowing. But it yeah. still is like... It's, it's like just... Just that those little touches that you know really yeah. make me excited. It's aesthetically pleasing, um, yeah. for sure. Oh, and, yeah. and there's a lot of like mock-ups of people already doing custom controllers based off of mm-hmm. how it is, and they look so good. Like I'm looking at a Spider-Man one right now, and it looks amazing. Uh, there's just like general colors. There's like a- old PlayStation themed ones I'm looking at right now. Yeah, so I think that could be super cool uh, if they kind of go that route. I know Xbox has that website where you can just go and customize xbox controllers i think sony would be doing it wrong if they didn't follow suit and do something similar yeah all right however it rests on the trigger buttons so if you use your ps5 to watch netflix good luck wait it rests on the triggers yeah oh yeah so the tr- but it's yeah, not like the triggers are in contact with the table so the main thing is like when you go and put your controller down on the table or like your controller's next to you and you move and it, you know, messes with the the play of the of you know whatever you're watching. I'm sure that it's annoying that so. it's designed <laughs> in such a way that there's no way it can be pushed in. Just You'd from be being... surprised. I, dude, I can't imagine a world where they haven't tested that thousands of times, you know? People just lightly bumping it or sliding it across we'll the table. We'll see, man. <laughs> So I've got my PlayStation 4 controller right in front of me right now. As do and I'm I. trying. Well. Like, I, I'm trying. And I feel like you got to be hitting it at, like, the perfect angle. Oh, yeah. How the PS4 triggers also rest on the table. Yeah, I know. That's what oh. I'm saying. It happens to yeah. me all the time with my PS4 controller. Does it? I, so yeah, Derek, I I'm thinking... testing it out, too, and, and it's going pretty easy for me. Like, Oh, I don't know, man. So, so how, here's how what I'm thinking. Your controller? Uh, I don't know. Jin doesn't ever use it. So. Not you, Derek. <laughs> How old's mine? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, this one is barely used. I I have a lot of controllers for PS4, despite okay. the fact that I only play by myself. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but what I do have in my hand right now um, is a Scuff controller. Have you guys heard of Scuff? Nope. No. So Scuff is a custom controller company. Uh, they make custom controllers for ps4 xbox and pc um and it is shaped more like it is a ps4 controller but it is shaped a little bit more like the the concept of or the the ps5 design where it's like that xbox controller design on the on the bottom yeah a little bit fatter on the bottom yeah for the grip and so that one i can't it's a little bit hard the way the 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 it does rest on the triggers is a little bit different of an angle than the way the PS4 nat- the natural PS4 controller rests on the trigger. So it could be it could be a little different. It might not be that much of an issue if it does rest at a different angle. Huh. We'll have to see. Um yeah. I'm, I'm curious, Andrew. Next time I come over, you got to show me this PS4 controller cuz I'm I'm fiddling with mine right now and there's no what, way. You mean 3 months from now? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> When the PS5 comes out? Yeah. All right. When, well, when Nick breaks up with his girlfriend and he's alone again and needs, and needs us to hang out with him. Uh, we poop be, on him Beware that. There'll be a small window. There'll be a very small window. Um, anyway. I mean, how many, how many times has uh, Nick done something 
that we needed to rag on him for. A lot. He's a very rag- indirect relation to this ragable man, I suppose. Um, oh yeah. All right, cool. That's the dual sense. That's all I got for news. Andrew, you said you had one thing you wanted to mention before we move on. That's correct. What do you so, got? Jeff, you love Celeste. I love Celeste. I have a poster uh, right next to me right now. It's really cool. Well, the composer for Celeste, Lena Rain, yes. is going to do uh, music for Minecraft's upcoming Nether update, and I thought that was cool. That is cool. Uh, she released uh, an album recently. I don't remember what it was, but it's like similar to Celeste music. Or it might have just been the music from the Celeste Farewell thing. Maybe that's what it mm-hmm. was. More Celeste yeah. music. Anyways, she does really great work. The music in Celeste is yeah. so cool. It's going to be the first music in Minecraft not done by C418. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Well, I hope that she continues. And I think Lana Rain's a super good fit for it. Yeah. I hope that she continues to do more and more in the video game world because the stuff she creates is so cool. Oh, yeah. I really hope they start hearing her stuff in, oh, yeah. in more games. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. So that was neat. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'm good to roll just right into what we've been playing recently, if you guys are. Yeah, yeah sure. Totally. Um, Derek, let's start with you, because from what I've heard, you got into the Valorant beta. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Spill. So I, uh, yeah, I got into the beta. I watched a uh, stream for over 10 hours on <laughs> watched actually uh, or left on no no i put it on my phone and put my phone on a charger and left the room yep um i i actually i did watch i did watch maybe total between uh the the streams on saturday and uh the streams on sunday i maybe watched like two hours so i you know i did actually like watch a little bit i did subscribe to the uh stream i was watching just to kind of you know support the stream uh, but uh yeah i got into the um and i played i played a bunch of it yesterday uh i am not good at it <laughs> sometime most of the time uh so my first game uh i haven't played cs since cs 1.6 so it's been it's been on probably 10 years more than that more than 10 years since i played uh, cs so i'm a little rusty in that kind of gameplay Cap- so the, the first game i went i think 2 and 15 <laughs> oh, wow. okay uh yeah i i just like couldn't hit any shots uh because i you know, like i had to learn Welcome the, to the weapon the the abilities uh i didn't even know what half of my abilities did on the character i was playing until the end of the game when i realized that uh when i was shooting i so i played this character i can't remember the name but he has a bow uh ability where he shoots hanzo? a bow and huh? hanzo hanzo not hanzo <laughs> no. Geometry. he he shoots a bow and it's like a a sensor so wherever it lands it puts out a pulse and like whoever's in that area is revealed but it doesn't get revealed i'm pretty sure that's hanzo on... <laughs> it might Literally, be hanzo yeah. but uh it get, doesn't get revealed on the screen in front of you it gets revealed in the mini map and i didn't know that so i was like man am i just like not shooting it in the right place like i'm pretty sure there's people over there and then finally i looked at the mini map and i was like oh oh yeah no it shows them right there <laughs> so uh i was pretty useless to myself I was helping my teammates, but I didn't know I was. 
Huh. Okay. Uh, but my second match, um, I did way better, and I think I was the top of my team's leaderboard. Uh, at like, I think I was like twenty and ten. Oh, yo, so that's I nice. once I got used to the the shooting, how the guns feel. Uh, I tried out literally like every single gun in the game, uh, if if I could afford it, um, and like it feels really good. Yeah, I, it is so satisfying to one tap headshot a person uh, because you're just like you're just like yes, I just nailed him in like the perfect sweet spot. Uh, it is also extremely frustrating to go into a fight and just get immediately one tapped headshots. <laughs> yeah uh but that's that's the game like it's it's csgo so you have to it's or it's cs related so you have to peek corners like you're just like tapping a and d back and forth as you like go oh i don't want to peek too far around the corner oh no one's there i'm okay i'm okay or you know like you gotta be like ready like okay the minute i can see the lane i gotta be ready to click in the headshot spot like it's it's a little it's it's tough um the abilities are interesting. I only was able to play, I think, three characters. Uh, but there, I think there's like 15, maybe, total. Oh, um, really? and, yeah, and you start off with, I think, eight unlocked, and then the other six, you have other six or seven you have to unlock later in the, uh, like, as you, like, level up or whatever. Uh, which seemed, like, pretty fair. Because, um, you know, it's, it felt like the same way, like, League started at first, where it's like, uh, you get the easier to play characters, and then like you, as you level up, you get like the kind of more complex, harder to play characters um, as you get better. Uh, I'm curious to see if they'll do something like League, where some characters are free every week, or uh, if they'll just do what they're doing now, where it's it's kind of like it seems like it's implemented kind of like a battle pass, where you gain experience, and as you gain experience, you gain like cosmetics, and then every so often it's like, oh, you get a character online. So that's at least from the beta. That seems maybe the way they're going is like after you know maybe twenty hours in the game, you'll probably unlock every character. Hmm. Cool. Um, it, it sounds pretty cool. I'm excited yeah. to eventually give it a try. I, as we said, I'm not very good at first-person shooters, but the ability to hit someone and kill them before they have a chance to look at me sounds like it would be very much in my favor because that's usually what yeah, happens yeah. in like Call of Duty. I'll put two or three bullets in someone, and I'm so bad that they'll have time to turn around and kill me. Uh, so that'll be nice. Uh, yeah, I I'm really, I, re I really enjoyed it. Uh, I can't wait. I'm going to play a lot more probably tomorrow. Um, I don't. I think the beta is up sometime this weekend, so I, I want to get some more time into it. But I'm generally, I'm very, very excited. For, like I am more excited for this game than I was when it was announced. Oh, sweet. Um, just having been able to play it, I think, I think it's gonna be really good. Uh, what do you I've heard so far that it has a lot of potential to be an esport, or that it will be the next big esport? That was gonna be my question. What do you think? It's it, yes, yes. I, well, I think I th I th agree. I think it's going to have a lot of potential to be the, the next big esport. Um, so like, one of the, as big as league. So one of the biggest issues with first-person shooter esports is the spectating of it. It's always really difficult. I've never watched a second of professional CS:GO, but I've seen uh, professional Fortnite stuff. I've seen professional Overwatch, uh, PUBG call of duty and all of that really struggles how how does it work with counter-strike and do you how do you think they'd so, be able to make spectating work for i have seen shooter? a few clips of counter-strike 
I don't I think I don't even think counter like the fact that it's a first person shooter or counter strike doesn't play into this at all. I think literally think it's because Riot is making this game. They built League of Legends into this giant like the biggest esport in the world right now. And so I think like just because they're behind this, that they're gonna find a way to make it like really good. So you think they'll be the ones to find the solution to spectating first person shooter uh, games I, competitively? I they I don't think they would have developed this game if they didn't think they could like present it as an esport well. Huh. That's a good good thought process. Yeah. I didn't consider it, but yeah, Riot has done wonders for just esports as a whole and kind of guiding the path for uh, what they can be. I know when Overwatch League started, it kind of mimicked a little bit of what League of Legends was doing and then kind of took its own spin with having region-based teams. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I love for new games to come out and have, like, booming esports scenes right out the gate. And if you're, you're convinced that this could be, that's what this could be, that gets me really excited, too. Yeah, I, I, I mean... CS:GO is already like a good esport game. Uh, like I, I, yeah, obviously it's it's a little it's it is tougher to, uh, to like cast, I would say, and and watch. I think Riot is the the developer, the the company that can find a way to make it that you know I'm sure they're gonna have something ready to go at launch that like changes the way you watch a first person shooter. Esport. Cool. I'm very excited for that. And because if Riot can figure it out, then I think other companies and other games will just be able to mimic it and then make viewing of those better. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Overwatch League has done a pretty good job for what they have. I haven't watched it in a couple years, so I don't know what it has become. I know it started off and it was a little bit confusing. Well, I think they made the major changes before Overwatch League even started. Like back when there was just regular pro overwatch Ah. it was you know a little shaky but then they made the changes right before a world cup i think um that improved it obviously you know like you said first person shooters are hard to view as an esport in general but they've done a good job i think the main thing that separates it from other first person shooters namely counter-strike and i presume in the future valorant uh is that in valorant and csgo the rent you know for each round once someone dies they're gone you know whereas overwatch characters respawn so it's easier to shift between important perspectives in Mm -hmm. these other games because there's less of them yeah that's a good point uh and like once there's one or two people left on each team it's really easy to focus on that specific moment yeah it's awesome i always see you know clips of csgo you know one person killing four people because you know he is the only person on that team so he's the one that the perspective is on so yeah, good point. Stuff like that. Cool. Um, but yeah, it also makes me uh, really excited for Riot's fighting game. Oh, gosh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot that they're doing a fighting game, too. And that's all league characters, right? Yep. Oh, that's going to be fun. Maybe, I mean, maybe who knows? Maybe it'll be uh, League and Valorant characters. We've oh. only seen footage of League, though. Yeah, I think we've only seen a clip of Darius fighting Ari, right? Yep. So... Yeah, that's probably a while away, but I keep forgetting about that. That could be really cool. Dude, right? Um, cool. Anything else you want to say about it, Derek? Uh, no, and I think as for uh, games I've played, I think uh, the only other game I 
played was Modern Warfare, and that's you know that is what it is. And yeah. <laughs> not much else to say. Yeah, I played a little bit of that. I don't think I played with you at all this past week. I played a couple games with Tcon on a few nights. Uh, I think I reached out to you one night, and you're like, I, I can't. Yeah. I'll try, but I can't. So. And we just played with the two of us, and we got pooped on a lot. So it would have been nice to have <laughs> yeah. a third person. Um, well, now they've they've switched it to quads. So now uh, get Dante now in there can, too. Yeah, if we can get Dante in there too. I did play with. So I played with Dante uh, this week, and uh, I think uh, yesterday did we play or the day before? Uh, whenever the update went live. Uh, so we, we played a couple of matches, and we we had some fun. Uh, did they also add duos or just quads? No, just quads. Damn. Did they get rid of threes? Uh, or can you choose? Yeah, they got rid of threes. So it's quads and solos now. Oh, shit. Okay. That changes a lot. Yeah. Very strange choice. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they don't just have one for each option. Yeah. Um, Adam, we haven't heard from you in a couple weeks now. So tell us what you've been up to. <laughs> uh, things are crazy. <laughs> I teach classes, had to go digital. That took up a lot of time to make the transition to digital. Yeah, that's understandable. Which is why, I, which is why I've been busy. Have you had any time for but games? Not, uh, yes, actually. Surprisingly enough, I actually did manage to play Castlevania. Yeah. So I can talk tonight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So excited to talk about that. Uh, well, since Andrew a couple weeks ago mentioned uh, Binding of Isaac, I've been playing that on my Switch a little bit. Nice. And, just, you know, I remember that I bought it on sale a while ago and just had a hankering to play it again after you mentioned it. So that's been fun. Sweet. But, but the biggest one of this week is I've been playing uh, Hearthstone's newest expansion with the first ever new class to the Oh, game. yeah. Give us a rundown. How's that going? What do you think about it? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be writing something for our blog about this, too. But first impression. So this is the first new expansion of 2020, which starts off the Year of the Phoenix for standard. So it rotated out... Uh, three old card sets which are no longer viable for standard and we introduced the new expansion which is called ashes of outland and it introduced for the first time ever to the game a new playable class called the demon hunter so what do you guys know about demon hunters from wow absolutely nothing same so the whole point is that they're it's kind of go i'm trying to think of something from a different game that's like comparable but the i can't the the point is that they're they hate the demons. They're trying to stop demons from invading, but they're allying themselves with certain demons to gain their powers to fight back. So they've embraced the darkness to then fight the darkness kind of deal. Hmm. Yeah, and that's an interesting that, archetype. Yes, but that entire very aggressive standpoint translates into the class itself. It's a class that's built around. Uh, being able to attack at any given opportunity. Your hero power, which is the only one in the game that costs one mana as opposed to two, gives you straight up one attack. But in a class that's built on having a lot of weapon cards available to it, it ends up being really powerful. Huh. So it just gives but, you... It gives the the character one attack, right? Yes, and it stacks onto a weapon. So if you have a weapon that has three attack and you use your hero power, you're now at four attack. Gotcha. Okay. And does it persist or does it go away at the end of the turn? It's only for the turn. Okay. But one of the problems with it is that some of the weapons are too good. Like, there's one weapon they have, which is like the iconic Demon Hunter weapon that's in card form now, where if you kill a minion, you can immediately attack again and again and again. As long as you keep killing minions? Yes. So 
The drawback is you'll take damage, but you clear the board at that point. So the Demon Hunter is very much an aggressive-focused class. And most of the cards that are playing with it right now are about summoning a bunch of really tiny minions that can attack immediately and then just clear out your opponent's board. It's extremely aggressive. Hmm. But here's the big problem I'm having with it so far, and I'll go more into it on the article I'm writing. I think the synergy with its cards is almost too good. Gotcha. So you think nerfs are inevitable? Oh, it's already been nerfed two days in. <laughs> that sounds uh, about right. Four cards specifically got nerfed that were a bit problematic. It basically just had the cost to play them increased, but I'm sure there's going to be more in the long run, because like, I think that's the weird thing with them introducing a new class six years into the game's lifespan. We've seen all the other classes go through different archetypes over six years, but Demon Hunter's completely new, so we only have its basic card set and whatever came with the new expansion. And the problem with it is, I think that they focus a little too much on what they were trying to make for the Demon Hunter, where the point is, like, all of its cards play a bit too well into its class identity. Like, all the other classes have this thing where well, there are certain cards that might get used, some that might not get used, and it ebbs and flows with the expansions. But right now, I'm not seeing a lot of Demon Hunter cards that are not viable for a deck, and that kind of scares me. So, do you think it's kind of like uh, the League of Legends thing where Riot will put out a new champion and that champion is way overtuned and they kind of do that intentionally so that a lot of people will get it and play it and maybe buy the skin for it so it gives them a chance to make money? Do you think Blizzard intentionally overtuned this new character so everyone would... Uh, do you have to unlock the character or do you just get it for free? You have to go through a completely free prologue to get it. Okay, so that's not bad. But and then to buy packs afterwards to get cards or to get. But no, here's the here's the thing though. They gave you like thirty free Demon Hunter cards and a fully constructed deck for beating that prologue as well. Oh, uh, and you think that itself is overtuned? I think because everybody has access to like a fully functioning Demon Hunter deck right off the get go, and hmm. it includes two legendary minions in it. So yeah, the entirety of the basic Demon Hunter card set is free if you beat the prologue, and the prologue's pretty easy. Interesting. And then if you just get new cards into expansion, which add in some new Demon Hunter cards, you're just basically everybody has a decent deck to play with with Demon Hunter. I've been seeing a lot of people playing it, yeah, myself included, because I needed to try it out. <laughs> well, I'm excited to. And I think. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's got this unique uh, ability to like most of the things in most of the class in Hearthstone have like something that's unique to them. And with Demon Hunters, it's an ability called Outcast. So Outcast makes certain cards have a better effect if it's either the leftmost card in your hand or the rightmost card. Weird. Which is very, it's a very interesting mechanic because strategically it makes you think like, okay, so I need it on my leftmost, so I'm going to save it for the right moments. And conversely, you might immediately draw it. And because of that heightened effect, it might switch your thinking around like, okay, now is the time to play this. So you can't shuffle around your hand in Hearthstone? It's been so long since I played, I can't remember. No, I know... you, can, no, no you, you can't shuffle your hand. It's, it's set in the draw order. Oh, weird. Huh. That's, that's... So, so it, makes, it makes Outcast a very interesting mechanic because it's based on what its card placement in your hand is. That's one of those mechanics that will only ever work in a digital card game because if you were playing Magic the Gathering or something, there's, yeah, nothing, yeah, there's nothing from stopping from someone... Just like, yeah, so like rearranging their cards in their hand secretly. Yeah, yeah. So one of the cards they just had to nerf was called the Skull of Gul'dan. 
and basically it was five mana and it made you draw three cards. But if you got the outcast bonus, it would reduce the cost of all three of the cards you draw by three mana. That's busted. And yeah, in, in, in a class that focuses a lot on summoning really cheap minions that just flood the board, it ended up being pretty overpowered, so they nerfed it to be one extra mana, so you had to wait longer to play it. Hmm. Interesting. Because that's, that's part of the issue with it. It's If there's one thing it lacks, it's like a lot of board clear. Like You can't just wipe out your entire enemy's board without sacrificing something yourself. So that is a weak point. But at the same time, like my main takeaway, I think it has too much synergy with its own cards, like more so than the other classes have. Hmm. Which is an interest, interesting takeaway. Yeah, that's... Huh. I'm excited to read your article about it and kind of get all like the in-depth notes. Yeah, yeah like, there's so many like specific card combos I want to talk about that are kind of gross, but like I don't have time for it right now. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to finally when you get a chance to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to finish it up after we're done here tonight. Nice. I'll send it over. Is there anything else you've been playing in the last couple of weeks? Not just that. I've been taking a few days to play the Demon Hunter and against, you know, try out some decks against it to see what works. And it's it's pretty prominent right now. Nice. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. You know, kind of similar to League, how it's like a power creep thing that the thing they made recently is, you know, way more bonkers powerful than uh, the things that have been existed for such a long time. Yeah, that's I. I don't yeah. know if it's a problem with League, but... It's, it's a problem with League. You think so? Oh, dude. Yeah, it kind of... The new champions yeah. so outclass all the old champions. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know the last three champions released, really Aphelios and Senna, have had almost yeah. permanent oh. presence in the last entire yeah. season. So Yeah, the power creep is yeah. unreal. But that, that's the interesting thing about Hearthstone. Like, every every expansion, we get new cards for each class. Yeah. But this is the first time there's ever been a new class. Yeah, so but not they, only that, but they've also had, you know, years to balance the rest of the classes in general. So. Exactly. Like, there are a bunch of mechanics. Like, Shaman, they get this uh, mechanical totems. They can summon them. They've got a lot of passive effects. And in the early sets, there were a lot of cards that synergize with your totems. Mm-hmm. But now there's, like, maybe once or twice a year we get a card with totem synergy they've yeah. they've they've really gone away from the like iconic shaman thing whereas now they're going full same with demon hunter and like all of their cards almost work too well together like there's not a bad play in the deck yeah hmm. exactly all right it's weird i hope uh do you it's, think it's that uh, this will open up hearthstone into potentially future new hero uh not hero are they no Classes? Warriors. Classes, yeah. <laughs> uh, depending on how this goes, because there's not many more classes in World of Warcraft from the pull Oh, that's point. right. It's a, it's a World of Warcraft thing. Yeah, so Demon Hunter is like a later class you can get in World of Warcraft, but there's not many more right. past that. There's a few they could do, but I don't know. Depends on how well this goes, I think. Yeah. Definitely sounds like a interesting time. Yeah, it's the it's the fastest nerfs ever. They only nerfed four things because they were like really prominent problem cards. But I think as we go in with the like, give it another week or two. I think there's gonna be some more nerfs and adjustments. Gotta love uh, that patch culture. Yep. What have you been playing lately, Andrew? Oh, um, nothing. No. <laughs> pretty much i uh have been adjusting to my new work schedule and so i've been pretty tired yeah, i've been going back to working full-time uh helping out um so i've had less time there i uh played a little bit of persona um i 
you know, already played through that game once, so I don't really have the strongest desire to go and play through another 90-hour game. I was attempting to play it uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, however, due to the conditions that we are living in, we can't really get together to play, so we were exploring other options, um, namely streaming it straight from my PS4, uh, which didn't really work out because he was, you know, playing on a delay and... I was trying to get direct input from him because it's technically his experience. Um, but it didn't work because of the delay. And then we also tried uh, share play on PS4. Um, and that ended up, you know, hitting some rough patches because when we would try, uh, the connection wouldn't work. So we would have to sit there for 20 minutes even to just even connect. And then share play has a one hour limit. So it was kind of rough trying to do that. So we, ended up not really playing a lot of persona and other than that i have not been playing anything <laughs> i've huh. been waiting for final fantasy to come out and we're uh five hours away yeah uh it was also a slow week for me i haven't i didn't start any new games i played a little bit of cod i played some tft a little bit of smash uh the one thing that i definitely sink my teeth into a bit and i'm sad to hear that uh derek and andrew you guys didn't try this upon my glowing recommendation but i've been playing a lot more of one step from eden that deck building um mega man battle network game i i did almost buy it the other day oh man it's so fun i'm getting significantly better at it i remember last week i said something along the lines of it was pure insanity and chaos and i had no idea what was going on but i love it i finally got to a point where everything kind of clicked for me and I understand it. Uh, so I think there's, you know how in Slay the Spire, there's three worlds, I guess you would call them. And then you fight the final boss back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's seven or eight in this. And in order to lock, there's a huge list of characters. And what it is actually is the characters that you unlock are the bosses that you fight at the end of each act or each world, which is really cool. Um, so, you have to beat a boss once you get to the fourth world and everyone you beat there onwards, you unlock to play. And I was never getting to, uh, that far. I think there was one time I had gotten to that boss where if I had beaten them, I would have unlocked them and I didn't, uh, but I kept struggling and struggling. And then eventually I figured it out and it all clicked and I unlocked a new boss. And then today I tried them for the first time and I'm having my best run I've ever had. Cause this one is like, uh, structure based so i build turrets and stuff and her auto attack instead of just shooting a bolt out like the main character does uh you swing a wrench and if you hit one of your turrets it gets stronger and gets a shield uh so i built my deck around that so there's so many different categories of types of cards like there's the elemental category there's the poison category there's the shield category there's the healing category there's the structure category so there's so many different options i think it's nine or ten and you can when you're starting a thing you can choose uh what you want your deck focus to be you can choose two of the categories and you're you influence the rate at which you see those cards so you're more likely to see cards from those two that you pick which is really cool it really helps you focus on picking up cards that work well with what you're trying to do um that's a that's a a cool mechanic for a card based game yeah adam you're a big slay the spire fan so i think you might also like this game it was 20 bucks i played on switch uh it's called one step from eden i think you should definitely check it out it's i'm looking for something new well i mean we're gonna get a new 
game club game but that, that yeah. is true um but yeah i've been loving this game i actually wrote an article about it uh, uh the title of the article is how one step from eden taught me to chill the fuck out and the basic yeah the basic forward to reading that thank you the basic premise for it is i was just mashing the shit out of the buttons hoping for the best and then once i kind of calmed down and started paying attention to my enemies and what cards i had i started to do significantly better uh so yeah that should be up on the website in the next couple days uh nice yeah coincide nicely with my hearthstone article hell yeah um I highly recommend you guys check this game out. It's a cheap game and it has so much replayability and I would love to play. Uh, there's a co-op mode so we could play together and there's oh, all nice. and online co-op or I don't, couch co-op. I don't know if it's online co-op, uh, but we could figure that out for sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's also a competitive mode where like, I don't think you can play against people online, but like you can play against actually and stuff. I'm on the website right now. It says play with a buddy in local PVP and co-op. Okay. Um, I don't, I know the game is on steam and I know steam has like a controller share feature where like if one person has the game, you can, yeah. you can sync up to someone else's account. So we could play that way. Um, let me, I'm, I'm actually going to check right now to see it, it allows that. Cause I, I think, only certain games allow. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. If that works, um, I would honestly even rebuy it to play it with you guys if you guys got into it because it's <laughs> it's that fun. I'm really digging this game. All right. And speaking of uh, Slay yeah. Spire, I'm not sure if you noticed, but I turned it on a Switch the other day, and there's a fourth character slot now. Yeah, we talked about it a bunch last episode. Um, did you get a chance to play it? I I, had, I haven't unlocked it yet. Is the problem? Oh, that's right. Andrew was saying you need to beat um, the yeah. game. You just play it. You just yeah. aspire. So, um, if you yeah. ever do that and, and play a uh, new character, definitely I do not always play it. <laughs> let me know what you think, because uh, <laughs> uh, you can go back and listen to last week's episode because I talk about it a decent amount and kind of my feelings towards that character. And if I had to rank them, I'd say they're my second favorite. Oh, nice! So, yeah, she's really cool. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check out uh, One Step from Eden at some point. I just haven't want. I haven't really been feeling like I want to dive into anything new with Final Fantasy and the new book club game on the horizon. That's a good point. Yeah, Final Fantasy so, is gonna take up so much of my time. Um, yeah, once I'm done with that, I might explore. This is, but it's one of those games where it's too. like, uh, it's like before bed, pick it up, play around, put it down, and like you know, yeah, I play but even it. Then, I've been watching a few more shows recently as opposed to playing games. So. Yeah, that's fair. I've thought about doing that in this we'll lull before Final Fantasy. But um, <laughs> also, I don't. I only get to play One Step from Eden either uh, right before I go to bed or when I'm at lunch because Allison is constantly playing Animal Crossing. She's, in fact, playing, <laughs> uh, she's uh, playing right second now. Second Switch time. Uh, you know, well, one, we wouldn't be able to right now, but... I talked Valid. about it like over a year ago. I was like, we should get you a second switch for when animal crossing comes out. She's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like it. I didn't like the 3ds one. And then, and now she's addicted. <laughs> and I'm like, we should have gotten a second switch. But that's okay. When they inevitably come out with a pro version, I'll get that and give her the old one and all will be well. Um, also, you should just buy it on steam. Then buy what? <laughs> there uh, you go. What? Oh, uh, one step from Eden. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. I could do that. Oh, that's a good point. Is it worth another 20 bucks? I think you so. You just a, said you would. It's such a good <laughs> like game. A few minutes ago. <laughs> I, I, I totally will do that. Uh, did you find out, Derek, it, if we can do control share? 
Yeah, it does. It does have the remote the remote played together. Feature. Yo, okay, I'll I'll do it. And if any of you want to play with me, we can play. I'm so excited. That game's so fucking good. To be determined for me. All right, cool. So I think that kind of wraps up what we've been playing. Let's take a break, go get our bodies ready, and then we will come back and we will talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Who is excited? Whoop. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. My body is ready. Okay. First ever Castlevania game. We'll be back. For me. We'll get there. All right, boys. Let's talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, the game that we just played for the video game book club. What are your thoughts? Uh, this is a game I have already played before, so this is my second time playing it. Uh, I really loved it the first time, and I want to know what you guys think of it. Anyone? Someone? Derek, tell me what you think. <laughs> uh, I really liked this game until the end. Okay, what do you clarify as the end? Like, the final boss. Okay. Well, first off, we're definitely going to do some spoilers here. We're going to talk about oh, basically yeah. all of this game. So if anyone is very interested in the very small story of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, be warned. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll I'll uh, I'll just start off like from the beginning for me. So I I never played a Castlevania game. Uh so I you know, my only experience with the Metroidvania was the Metroid side of it. Um and as I uh so like you walk into this game uh, and it's clearly, you're like, okay, this is inspired by Super Metroid. Like, the way the, the map layout is, and, um, the way the game works, the exploration, you're like, okay, yeah. Uh, but apparently, because I, I ended up watching a, a little video about Metroidvanias, that they weren't, they, they claim their uh, inspiration for this game is was Legend of Zelda. Yeah, A Link which, to the Past, right? Huh. Yeah, so like thinking back, I thought, okay, I, like making that connection, I thought, oh, okay, I can kind of see it. Uh, like, while exploration is very similar to Metroid, Super Metroid, I like the, I don't know, I was like, I was like, okay, I can kind of see it a little bit, but anyways, so yeah, I, I uh, really enjoyed this game. Uh, it has a super awesome soundtrack. Yeah, dude, the uh, music in this game is is so good, so cool, and it varies so much from location to location. But <laughs> every single one's got me like, yeah, yeah, I'm a vampire. I'm gonna go kill those demons. Yeah, let's go. And or like, you get to some of the, like the slower, spookier stuff as you get lower into the castle. Oh man, I yeah, can talk about the music I, in this game for hours. I think the the cave, like when you're in the cave area, music. I think that was my favorite. Yeah, uh, I always love. I just like love going down there. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can pick a favorite. This and then the Rondo of Blood soundtrack is also really good. Uh, if you ever want to listen, I think you can find the entire soundtrack on YouTube. It's less than an hour. Uh -huh. If you ever want to put it in the on in the background while you work, I highly recommend Rondo of Blood soundtrack. It's also very good. Yeah, I'll have to check. Uh, yeah, so like. I think the big things for me uh, were, like, uh, the combat. So, first, you know, Metroid, Super Metroid, 
you know, you have a ranged attack at all times. All your attacks are ranged attacks. But then you come into this game and everything is like close. You know, you have a sword, so you have to attack with your sword. So like when you're attacking enemies and stuff, like your how close you are to them, like reading their attacks is a little bit more important than in Super Metroid. Like I felt in Super Metroid, you know, you're just running around like pew, 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 shooting everybody. Like okay, yeah, just like kill everybody. We're in this. I'm like okay, oh that like I'm hitting this guy. Oh he's like loading up for an attack. Let me like walk back a few spaces and hope I or press you know do the little dodge back move uh, a little bit to get out of his range so then I can come back in and you know hit him. Uh, it's it's def I thought I definitely thought it was harder than Super Metroid, especially because I felt I don't know I felt like dying was a little bit more punishing. Um, I don't know I felt like I didn't die a lot in Super Metroid, and I died a lot in Castlevania. And I don't know if it's because I I was least less familiar with the gameplay or uh, it is it is you know made to be just a little bit harder. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this game. I played it a, like probably for the when we first started. Like I picked it up right after we picked the game, and I just like dove right into it. I played it like probably for you know, every day, you know, t until I got till the end of the game, which I didn't. And I don't know if you experienced this, Adam, uh, being your first time playing in a Castlevania game, but I beat the game, but I didn't beat the game. Uh, so, spoilers um, for those. Uh, at the end of the game, you eventually, after exploring the whole castle, uh, you can you have all your abilities and you can get to the top of the castle. And waiting for you is what I expected to be Dracula, uh, is Richter from Rondo of Blood. Uh, yes. He's one of the Belmonts. So you think, oh, wait, hold on a second. Like, this, this isn't Dracula. This isn't the bad guy. And so I like it's like okay well I guess I'm fighting Richter, and then I beat Richter and I said okay, that's weird. But so what happens next? Like when do I fight Dracula? And then the game ends, and yeah. I was like what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I had no idea. I was like this is it. Wait, so Adam, did that happen to you too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get, nice. I get, I get to the top and like wait, wait, Richter? He's the he's, he's the bad guy here. Andrew, did that happen to you as well? So, <laughs> I was waiting for um, it to come around to me. <laughs> I didn't finish it. What? <gasps> so, I was not a fan ah. of Castlevania. Oh. All right. Why? I, uh, I, I think it's a personal thing. I hesitate always to kind of discredit games for for certain things because i'm not entirely sure if it's the game or me um so it's very possible that it could all just be me uh, and me being an idiot uh but i felt like a lot of the stuff in this game was like just really hard for me to understand like i i was having trouble like um like figuring anything out uh just in terms of like how they not like i was getting around fine like the movement in this game was awesome uh i think the combat was was cool ish um you know good enough um 
but I don't know. I just I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, and then I got to a certain point where I I beat a boss, and then I like just like went into the same area like over and over and died like for <laughs> a while. Uh, I probably did that for like a couple hours, and then I was just at that point totally turned off like i was i hadn't found like any power-ups whatsoever like the power-ups i did find i didn't know how to use like i got the wolf transformation mm -hmm. i did not know how to use it uh and then so what i ended up doing uh instead of you know just leaving the rest of the game in the dark for me i watched uh the rest of it on youtube to at least you know fill that part uh in my brain uh and it wasn't even until 75 percent of the way through that that I figured out there was a map. Wait, you weren't using the map? I didn't, oh my god! I didn't dude. know there was a mini map. Oh. That's world number one of Metroidvanias. I dude. know, and that's why I was really frustrated. So, did, did you play it on the PS4? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they don't like explain any of the mappings, like button mappings, to you. So I, I uh, had yeah. the same experience. Like I didn't know I could turn into a wolf until like I got the bat transformation, and I accidentally pressed the wolf transformation button. And I was like, wait a second, I've had this the whole time. Yeah, luckily the wolf uh, one's yeah. not very important, but yeah, so the problem with uh, bringing older games to modern consoles like this is these old games used to be printed with manuals that had the instructions on what each button did and how to do all these yeah. things, and we don't get yeah. that anymore. That was one of the big problems when I was on my brother's podcast recently talking about Sam and Max is uh, I didn't have a manual explaining all the controls to me, and I struggled very hard to get through that game early until I figured out what everything did. Um, mm -hmm. so I can understand why that would be very difficult for you. It was obviously intuitive to me because I flubbed through it the first time I played it. So this time it was just a breeze. Yeah. I remembered how to do it. Um, but yeah, like in what world would you think, Oh, I have to click in the touchpad in the center to bring up my map. That's such a exactly. weird, yeah. that was the <laughs> actual last button I tried. Like I pressed the share button before that. Yeah. Like it'd been, it actually had been a while since I'd even played a game on my PS4. So I like, wasn't even considering that as an option. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, that 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 is the button. Yeah, so that was definitely a big hindrance to my ability to play through the game. Um. <laughs> do you? So now that you know that there is a map, do you ever intend on going back and playing it? Um, I fiddled around a little bit with it today, but I think it had been so long, like a couple of weeks since I touched it, that I just didn't know what to do in any capacity whatsoever also i think i either forgot to save or died bef like before saving or something but i the file i just loaded up didn't have three of the power-ups i had gotten so oh wow that also uh didn't made me not want to play it yeah um i also just think that uh the timing of when i tried to play it was really poor um it was, you know, kind of right when all this coronavirus stuff started to happen. So my whole life kind of got upended. Um, and then I was also, I think at the time, especially with Ori, looking forward to playing, you know, a few other games all in this short time span. So I had like four games going on all around the same time and playing uh, Ori, which, as we've discussed, is, in our opinion, one of the greatest Metroidvanias ever made now. Uh, it was just... Uh, you know, it came out came up at a bad time for me. So. Yeah, that's understandable. I think, but I do. Even though I personally didn't enjoy playing it, I still super appreciate what this game did 
for Metroidvanias in terms of, you know, it's kind of free form and open world exploration and the RPG elements, you know, that it added. So, yeah, Um, I think it would be very, I think it would work well for you if you kind of take a break, maybe play through Final Fantasy when that comes out, maybe even play through another game after that. Come back to this game completely fresh. Look up all the controls beforehand and give it another shot. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I might do because I think you could really get into it once I would you like get to past get through that. It, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what were we gonna say, Derek? Uh, I was just gonna say like the that uh, this like playing it completed the experience of the Metroidvania. Like you can see it, the the RPG mechanics. Okay. I, I love the RPG mechanics in this game. The loot, mm-hmm. like the fact that like you went around the castle, like get trying to find different loot to like up your stats. You know, finding all they had all these different weapons, and they you know each weapon had a kind of a different play style. Um, the relics, the relic system, uh, you know, definitely that's where you now see uh, the the you know the charm system from from Hollow Knight or the. The, I think you know it's, you said there's one in Ori as well. Like yep. okay, that's clearly from the Vania side of the Metroidvania. Yeah. Uh, the the bosses like there's tons of bosses in this game. Right? What what? There's four, five in Metro and Super Metroid, but this game has a ton of ton of bosses. And this game has a couple optional bosses, which I know Derek, you were complaining that Super Metroid didn't have any. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's really cool. There's one insanely hard boss down in the bottom of the castle um actually we need to go back because we started to talk about the true ending or the 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 fake the the fake ending yeah let's go back to that so you guys got to the top of the castle boom richter's there he's got his whip and as alucard you fight him and then the game ends right you go outside the castle you talk to maria yeah and she's like oh well where's richter and alucard's like he didn't make it (laughs) and then that's the end of the game he got shafted so exactly um there is a secret or the real ending you missed about i don't know 30 percent of the game by getting that ending so yeah. <laughs> you have to go i looked it up after i was kind of mad about that uh so yeah you have to get the silver ring and the gold ring in two different sections of the castle one of them says where dot 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 uh clock dot 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 and the other one says dot 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 in dot 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 room so if you put them together it says we're in clock room so you go to the clock room with those on you get the holy glasses you equip the holy glasses and when you fight richter you see this green orb floating around him and if you kill the orb instead of richter then he's released from this spell of uh i think it's a priest or wizard yeah his name is shaft and he's basically it's shown that he's controlling richter and trying to resurrect dracula so then uh you go into an inverted version of the castle have to re-explore the entirety of the castle with much stronger villains and uh collect different uh, artifacts and then you, you uh go you kill shaft but then he's like you fool i resurrected dracula and then there's your dracula fight and alucard has to kill his father and it's nuts and the first time that this happens, because, yeah, the first time I played through the game, I was like, uh, I got to the top of the castle. I had everything explored. Every room was filled out. I was like, all right, sweet. This is awesome. Um, I was expecting the holy glasses thing to just be like a secret ending, you know, like a little bit <laughs> of a different version. And then when the inverted castle opened up and I had like, you have to explore the entirety of the castle again. I was just like, 
holy shit that's insane it's like i don't know you basically got double the game because uh if you go back through the regular castle you can start to see like some things that are like why are these candles all the way up here on the ceiling i would never be able to get to these yeah, yeah. why are there stairs on the ceiling that's weird and then the castle flips and you're like oh i get it now <laughs> it is really cool Which, i i found i don't know if you maybe i wasn't jumping correctly but i found i couldn't even traverse the castle the inverted castle for the most part without using like the bat yeah. uh like it felt like every oh, yeah. jump was just too short of the double jump. Yeah, there was a lot of that, which was really annoying. Um, did you... Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you didn't know how to use the super jump because it never tells you how to do it. The gravity boots or whatever they're called. Yeah, I got those. What do they actually do? Doesn't so, it, it makes you jump higher, right? So you have to put input Doesn't a command. Doesn't it make you jump higher on it? Yeah, what? there's a command you can do. Yeah, so if you hit down, oh. up, and then jump, <laughs> you, you like crouch on the ground, and then you jump very, very high. There's this blue beam underneath you, and you're yep. like, yeah. So did you not use that? Nope, didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, so that's another thing where yeah. I'm assuming that would have been in the manual if you if we had yeah. that, you know. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And I tested that because um, I was looking, I was doing it, and I was like, I put on these gravity boots or whatever, and I don't think I'm jumping higher. So I did a couple test jumps, see how high I went, took them off, and did jumps. I'm like, okay, I'm going the same exact height. There has to be a thing to it. And then I looked it up, and then it said, input this command, and you'll do the super jump. So I was like, okay, cool. That's helpful. Um, and there's nothing like in Super Metroid where uh, you can do the wall jump, but there's an area where you can't progress until you've learned how to do that. And same thing with the super jump in Metroid, where it's, it's a very similar thing. You just need to run forward first. It's almost the same exact ability. But you can't get out of that area until you do it, and I think that would have been beneficial here to teach you how to do those things. Um like environmental mechanic teaching that Super Metroid had, I think would have been very helpful here for those reasons. Because, yeah, there's a bunch of things like, same thing with the wolf, like have an area where you couldn't get out until you learned how to turn into the wolf. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I know when you pick up the mist ability, there's a wall there. So it inherently teaches you, oh, okay, I, if I turn into mist, I can go through these crates. It's like right next to the pickup. But, yeah, I think that's a, an area where Super Metroid definitely shined. Um, so I want to ask you, Derek and Adam, did you end up going back and doing the true ending and playing through the inverted castle or did you stop after you beat uh, Richter? Uh, I only beat, I only got to Richter recently, so I haven't really had time to go through it. And I, I have the silver ring. I haven't found the gold ring yet. Gotcha. So you didn't truly beat the game. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Derek? Did you end up going back and doing it once you figured that out? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. All right, so what were your thoughts hey, on the inverted castle? Beating the game. <laughs> <laughs> you did? You rolled, rolled credits, credits. Which is so, a speedrun technicality. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Derek, what, what did you feel about the inverted castle and, like, another 30% of the game left to be played? Uh, so I really liked it. Uh, it felt like kind of a uh, new game plus, you know, kind of kind yeah. of thing, where it was like, all right, I've got all my shit now, and now like this more difficult, uh, or, or not even new game, but like a DLC. Uh, in today, but obviously, you know, it's not. It's it's the game. Like it's part of the real game. Uh, I love those uh, like fake endings when games have fake endings. Uh, it's like it's just a fun little. It's like a, you know, fun little thing to fi- find out that uh, yeah. either like you didn't have the same ending as your friend, or like to figure out, find out like oh, like I didn't even know there was a short ending. Like I did it right the first time. You know, it's kind of like, 
like yeah well, i did it right the first time so that's how um, i did even the but, first time i played the game it's i made sure that i went everywhere and did everything and every room was filled out mm-hmm. so when i found one of the, i think i found the gold ring first maybe and then i saw that i was like okay this is a puzzle here and, and there was like a section that i hadn't explored on the map and eventually i found the silver ring and i just kind of pieced it together and figure it out and maria tells you when she gives you the silver ring she's like yeah something's up with richter something's weird uh so and i like i kind of knew the first time playing through i was like okay there's something here and yeah so my mom i figured it out on my first playthrough like i never got the bad ending so i didn't even uh, so like you guys didn't know originally that there was more i didn't know that it could end so early right yeah that's such a cool perspective to have the worst part uh, is i knew the same i knew there was a sorry <laughs> yeah uh, uh, i was gonna say i knew there was a second ring i knew there was a silver ring, uh and i had just gotten the spike arm yeah uh, that lets you like walk destroy the spikes yeah so i was like okay yeah i know there's that room because i had tried to go through the room before that hallway before with the spikes and i tried to bat through and then missed and then yeah, back to back does not it work, doesn't yep. work. <laughs> I tried that. yeah 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 where's the spike armor i need that uh it's in the catacombs I, uh, right yes way 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 deep. Oh, it's in the catacombs yeah Damn. you gotta go real deep for those yeah uh so i was like i was like okay i'll i'll go back and like go explore that after but like i want to go see if the silver ring so i thought the silver ring was in the room that richter's in i was like i think it's up i like i bet it's up there so i went and i did that and then i was like waiting for the so like or not the silver ring but the next part to drop and then i was like oh that was the end <laughs> well clearly i like i clearly knew okay i fucked up smart. i'm clearly missing something because like I, this doesn't feel like this should be the end of the game and so i i googled it and i was like yeah the silver ring is in this room i was like god damn it uh, <laughs> but so the inverted castle is awesome uh, it's definitely a lot harder yeah but, they litter it with much stronger enemies this time around the i felt like the i don't know i i just i feel like i i so I feel like I zoomed through it though, and yeah. I felt like every boss was very easy except uh, Beelzebub, who's an optional boss that which, I didn't even I didn't even know he's an optional boss because all he drops is a life upgrade. He's the one that's like hanging from chains in uh, the where, where the first boss actually is in the normal cast. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's got the flies and everything. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. So I thought. Okay, yeah. He wasn't that that bad. Yeah, I thought, oh, okay, so this guy's got the the next piece of lad. Oh, no, he just has a health thing. So then I finally went and I fought death, and I was like, oh, I got the last piece. And I didn't end up going to the, the catacombs again. So you didn't uh, fight the super mega boss in the bottom right corner of the map? No, I, or... I, I didn't. I went. I grabbed Alucard's sword, and I went and fought Dracula. <laughs> okay, yeah, so there, there's a boss. He... He's insane. I remember the first time. There's so there's just like cheese you can do with uh shields and uh the shield rod where basically you you swing them in a certain order really quickly and then you just hold the shield out and it does like an insane amount of damage very very uh-huh. quickly. So that's how I beat the guy the first time around. Uh the second time around, I ended up finding an item um that I'm going to go into later, but it was like a very strong weapon. So I was able to beat him that way on my first try. Uh the first time i beat him the first time i played through the game it took me and like two hours to beat this super mega boss oh wow um 
but the second time around i had this weapon and i'll go into that later because i have a list of stuff that i want to talk about as my second playthrough um but yeah inverted castle is really cool i like it i think the idea is that you have all your abilities and stuff now so you're able to traverse the castle as a whole quicker um yeah. whereas so you don't have to go back and forth like you do the first time you go through the castle you can go through it kind of methodically and linearly and hit every spot and go through it all quickly because you have the ability to go through the whole castle right yeah yeah, yeah. um so adam you said that you played this on mobile <laughs> <laughs> tell me how that went uh so uh some advice for anyone who's considering playing this in mobile without a controller don't yeah, I was going to say exactly that. Did you end Don't... up syncing up a controller and playing it with the controller, or did you do the whole thing with the touch controls? I did the entire thing touch controls. I don't have a controller that can sync to it. Wow. Man, you're a hero. You are a hero. The effort I, I get that, the hang that of it required. I, I did get the hang of it eventually, but it made for some very bad combat originally, because here's the, here's the major issue with it. It's touchscreen controls. Like, let me say as a whole, the mobile version, it, it runs extremely smoothly for a game that's running on mobile. Like, I never had issues loading it or anything. It was It's actually very well-tuned, and it barely takes any time to even load up, which is very impressive. So... But the main... Go ahead. Yeah. But, yeah, the main problem is, like, all the all the controls are touch buttons, and it, has, it suffers that problem that a lot of uh, touchpad controls do, where... Uh, Oh, well, you touch the button, but you see your thumb was on the wrong two-thirds of the button, so you don't get to do anything now. Yeah, that's so annoying. Um, I can definitely see that being insanely frustrating. So I'd, a couple first times I went to go fight Richter, I'd just get infinite wombo comboed because I missed like the first swing, and he kills me in like three seconds. Yeah. Um, so I, too, played it on mobile. I actually downloaded it onto my Chromebook, and I synced up a Pro Controller to it, a Switch Pro Controller. And I got maybe an hour or two in, beat the first boss, and then decided I cannot play on this anymore. There was so much input delay. I was missing jumps. I was missing attacks. And it was making the game significantly harder than it needed to be. And it, part of it was like, is this me? Am I just not remembering how to play Castlevania correctly? Am I just playing it bad? Uh, but then I rebooted up the PS4 version and started playing that and instantly everything felt so much smoother and cleaner and i said okay it wasn't me it was definitely that version but if you had a pretty good experience with it adam i wonder if it's either a the chromebook version specifically that was being weird because i know like i can't download tft on my chromebook even though it's on mobile and it uses the same operating system as my google pixel phone uh so um or if it be it was the connection with the controller just wasn't strong enough I was doing it through Bluetooth. I don't know. It was weird, but I couldn't play it accurately, and it was very frustrating. Uh, so, yeah, I needed to go back to the PlayStation 4 version. So I commend you for getting through the entirety of the thing on the mobile version with touchscreen, no less. It, it took a while. It took a lot of getting used to. But, yeah, it does have those issues where uh, there is a bit of delay sometimes, and mostly it's the fact that you think you're pressing the button, but you're not pressing, like, enough of the button. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that sounds frustrating. super annoying. Um, so I kind of want to talk about uh, my experience with the game as the second time playing it. The first time I played it, I was very high on it. And I thought it was probably one of my favorite Metroidvanias besides Hollow Knight. It was probably like my number two. It was really up there. I loved everything it was doing. Um, specifically stuff like uh, 
auto canceling your attack. So like if you throw out an attack right before you hit the ground, it cancels the animation and then you can immediately do a second attack. So you're like, ha ha. It's one of the most satisfying things in video games. Uh, I don't know if you guys abuse that, but it's so good. So if you like jump at an enemy and kind of angle your sword downwards and swing at them. And then right when you hit the ground, you can swing it again and get that double damage in. Um, that is so satisfying. I loved doing that. Um, but one of the things that I kind of picked up on this time around that I didn't really think about the first time was the inventory is so convoluted and you get so much junk that you never use. Like the amount of one-time use items or weapons that I was getting that were significantly worse than the weapon I had or just completely irrelevant. It was just so cluttered and there was no easy way to organize the inventory if you wanted to organize it all, you'd have to equip an item and then did I, did I say equipped it again? Yep. Damn it. Sure did. You have to, damn it. You have to equip an item and then, uh, move to the slot where you want to put that item and then place it. And then you would pick up whatever item was there and then you have to go play. So there's no quick way to like move things around in bulk. So it was just a clusterfuck of, like usable items food ninja stars random stuff weapons that you're never going to use like i never used two-handed weapons because they were too slow and the damage wasn't worth it um so i kind of had it's not a hindering problem it's just annoying that there's all this extra stuff that's so pointless that you don't ever use it wasn't streamlined yeah it's definitely uh a relic of a an old age you know like I, I felt the same way. Like it's like I go to equip a, a a healing item to heal up, and then you go to like where the fuck did that sword go? Like uh, uh, uh oh, it's up here. Like fifty items yeah. ahead of where it should be. It doesn't <laughs> that, yeah, organize it by agree. type. Yeah, it was a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I noticed um that kind of bummed me out. Both times I played this game, did you know you can cast spells in this game? Mm-hmm. I, I heard i never found one um so you can use them you can buy one or two of them from the librarian but a lot of them just come with the weapons and you just have to figure out the input and i think once you figure out the input you can just do it whenever uh i went through this game two full times never casting a single spell um <laughs> the, it doesn't teach you about the spells and no at no point yeah. in the game are the spells necessary so I don't even know what any of them do. I don't know if it makes the game easier, uh, but I think it's not flushed out enough. Um, either teach us how to use these spells and like have it be a system of maybe leveling them up. Like you unlock spells as you level up or something. Because uh, there's a list for your spells in there, and I'm pretty sure they only fill out once you've just done them once. Um, so yeah, that was another thing. It's like, why have this whole spell system in here if you're not going to, one, tell people about it, two, teach them how to use it, or three, have it in any sort of way required to get through the game? Um, I had no difficulty getting through the game without using any spells. They're also, like, extremely... Yeah, they're, yeah. like, very complex fighting game inputs. Like, yeah, down, I... down, left, right, left, square, uh, triangle. It just seems unnecessary. I, I want to say, I know the, the like, weapon ones are a little simpler. It's usually, like, something like down, left, square, or, or something like that. Because I know I definitely accidentally did them sometimes. And I was like, whoa, I just did a little special move. How did I do that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I did that. I guess 
you know, I'll never learn. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I, de I definitely agree, Jeff, because I know I got all the spells you that did. you can like get in the game, and I never, I used one of them. There's like a healing one where you like cast it, and then if you attack them, they cut weapon and they bleed, you gain health. So I was like, ooh, that'll be super helpful. And then I used it maybe like twice in the early game, and then I never used it again. <laughs> so am I right in saying that yeah, you just unlock the spells when you just do the input for the first time? I, like, how do you actually get them? That's just my assumption. So, I don't know. Some of them are relics in the in the world. Like the ones that are related to the wolf and the bat, I think are, are relics you have to find. Uh, and then there were a, a bunch that I bought from the librarian that... I like bought and then I said, okay, that's how you do that. When am I ever going to have time to do that and then attack enemies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was a very poor system. Um, so but, these, yeah, these are things I just overlooked the first time yeah. I played it. And now going through it a second time, I'm just like, okay, this game could have been like, just take out the spell system, honestly. And I wouldn't even think yeah, about it. Not, and the whole game would have been fine. Um, but like having it be there and be useless is just like a little bit of a bummer. Um, I see. I, I don't know if it's useless though. I I don't know. I, I feel like if you're someone who uh, like is obsessed with this game, you might try to learn every single spell for every single weapon and like know exactly. Like, and I think of like min maxing in RPGs and stuff like that. Like, if you bought this game at 12 years old it was the only game you had and you were obsessed with it, you probably would know every single spell in this game by heart and you'd know every single weapon's spell and how it works because it's probably in some guide you bought or, you know, it's just, I, I think in today's day and age, we're, we're just like ready to be like, yeah, if, if it doesn't show me on a menu screen how to do it, then I'm never going to learn how to do it. Uh, but like in 1990 something when this came out <laughs> like the, every every game had hidden things like this that were like oh how did like you know i like you know doing figuring out combos in fighting games you know a lot of that was just playing the game and like figuring out oh if i hit left down right up and press square i'll do a uh, hadouken and you know a blast will come out you know i, I think i think that's where this the spell system comes from it comes from like that classic fighting game input kind of stuff and that's not something you see in uh action games metroidvanias stuff like that today it's kind of like no that's for the fighting games well didn't uh didn't those old school fighting games still even have move lists uh so i know some of the cabinets had some moves on the side of them like i think street fighter yeah. 2 had oh, the, right. the yeah, basic cabinets moves exist. <laughs> um yeah but i know like with Mortal Kombat 2, none of the fatalities were like known. People had to fi figure those out on their own. Yeah, you figured it out, oh, and then right. you told you you, you did it on your friend, and they said, "How the fuck did you do that?" And they taught you it, and then yeah, that's how you figure that stuff out. It's yeah. definitely a okay. a feature that's aged differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, it was definitely a big turnoff for me. Was not knowing how to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the best part of it. Uh so the last thing I wanted to kind of talk about with my experience playing the second time was the first time like you said Derek, uh I in the inverted castle you find the Alucard sword, Alucard armor, cape, you find all of like the weapons you start with in the beginning of the game before you get mm -hmm. them taken away. Um 
So by the end of my first playthrough, I was just using those. They were really strong. They're some of the strongest weapons in the game. Um, this time, I happened to pick up a sword that randomly fell off of the enemy called the Shmoo. S-C-H-M-O-O. Um, oh. When you go back to the library, there's those blue lions with like the the claws, the metal claws. And then there's those... They look like just sheets Weasel. on heads floating yeah. around. So they're... <laughs> That's a drop, uh, this sword that I got, which is called the Chrysagrim, is a drop that you can get from that. And I didn't know it existed. And apparently this is the most broken sword in the entire game. Uh, so it says, countless blades slice enemies. And if you hit the square button once, Alucard doesn't do an animation for attacking. He just stands still. But there's like four to six slashes that happen in front of you. <sighs> Whoa! And this it, the stat for the sword is plus hmm. thirty six for its attack. Um, okay. So, but it does it does it four times. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. So the effect is strike while moving, four hits per swing, zero recovery time. So just look up a video of this. I could just mash the square button and just swing the sword infinitely. It didn't have an effect on Alucard's movement, so I could just do it nonstop. Oh, oh my god. So, Dear God. once I got that drop, I went, after the Inverted Castle, one of the first places I went to is the library, because that's kind of where you come out, and I got this drop, the rest of the game was a breeze. I didn't die once, even on the super mega fight, like boss that you find in the catacombs, I just crushed everything without even trying, and it made the game too simple. I don't know what the drop rate of this weapon is. Uh, What's I didn't, it called? It's called this Chris, Chrysagum. Yeah, Chrysagra. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, I can't find what the drop rate is. I'm trying to look at it on Castlevania.fandom wiki. Um, I I just pulled I pulled up a video. It's insane. Yeah, it broke the entire game for me. Like I didn't need to try anymore. Uh, but that's really cool that it wow. exists. Um, and it's kind of like uh when we played Earthbound, uh, the sword for Pooh. It's like one of the strongest weapon in the game. I'm sure the drop rate on it is pretty high. And I'm just apparently getting really lucky with high drop rate things. Um, yeah. In these games. Yeah. But yeah, it just turned the game into a non-factor at that point. Uh, but like getting that power trip, because at that point I had already played through 70, 80% of the game. So having that super power trip at the end of it, where I'm just murdering everything was very fun. I like, I, I beat Dracula in maybe five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It was insane. It um, looks like the Crusagram is a one in five hundred eighty-eight rare drop from Wow. And how much? But what, it's a one in one hundred twelve uncommon drop from a ramen. Oh no, wait, that's no, never mind. I lied. That's, game? The ramen is the item. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, what was the drop rate for uh, Pooh's sword in Earthbound? Uh, one twenty-eight. Okay, yeah. so it's so, similar. No, no, significantly no. harder. Significantly, significantly harder, yeah. Harder. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I just happened to get one casually, so, you know. Um, what is with you? Lucky Dude, getting freaking rare drops. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my last thought, was once I got that busted-ass sword, I just breezed through the game. It's actually not the highest drop rate in the game. What is? The lowest. So, I don't know if it's the absolute lowest drop rate, but there's an item called the Heaven Sword that's 1 in 1250. Oh, wow, okay. Okay. That's, yeah. Geez. What does that do? Probably shit. Uh, I have no idea. There's also Medusa Shield, which is 1 in 1250. 
Huh. Wait. Which drops from Medusa heads. I definitely got a Medusa <laughs> shield during the game. God, dude, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I didn't even play it. And like... <laughs> I, I absolutely remember dropping, getting a Medusa shield. Huh. Whatever. Um. All right. Let's move on to final thoughts with this game. Kind of like maybe a one or two sentence thing on how you felt about it in general and what you'd give it out of 10. And I want to know how you compare it to Super Metroid 2 because they're just like... They are such two important games that are accomplishing similar things and influence the genre that we love. Uh, so let's start with you, Adam. All right. So don't play it on mobile if you don't have a controller. That's number one. <laughs> uh, I did like the exploration factors of it. I think it's very well designed and the combat was nice. My one issue with the combat was I felt that the knockback was sometimes a bit too much when you got hit. I oh agree with God, that. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> hit stun for when you get hit lasted a little bit too long. That there was were times the where you could most frustrating part. You could absolutely yeah. get comboed, but like you'd get hit by one thing, and then and then you're just out of the fight. Yeah, yeah. it leads you into getting got, hit by another thing. You just juggled back and forth. I died at least ten times to hit stun chains. Uh, actually, yeah. a question I wanted to ask you guys is: Which one is the more annoying enemy, the Medusa heads or the Flea Man? Medusa heads. Medusa heads. One hundred percent Medusa heads. Yeah. Yeah, Those. Medusa heads are quite possibly one of the worst enemies in all the video games because, uh, like, so that bad. room with all the gears when you're getting towards uh, oh my god, oh. the oh. fucking worst, so bad. Because they they don't like right. so, the yeah. blue ones do one damage to you and the gold ones just turn you into stone. They don't like they don't do a lot. They're just so annoying and hamper your progress so much. It sucks. Um. All right. Yeah. So, so continue, Adam. Yeah. So I do appreciate, like, I can see why this, along with Super Metroid, uh, defined this genre. And I can kind of see how it is different from Super Metroid, because Super Metroid, we have, like, mostly ranged attacks, and this is almost all melee. But I can kind of see how, the, like, the combat system here reminded me of a something that I could easily see evolving in, like, the combats that we had in Hollow Knight. Mm. Like, it was kind of similar to me, and then, like, the range and, like, how you had to go about things. But Hollow Knight just did it better. Cool. Like expanded upon it a lot. Um, Andrew, did you want to give some thoughts, or do you kind of want to hang low and get back to us when you eventually play this? Time I mean, line? no, yeah, I'll give it like a, you know, my thoughts. Like I, I saw a, at least a playthrough of the entire game, and I feel like I played enough to get a, at least enough of a feel for it. I don't really know how getting more. I mean, maybe you know more powerful weapons and and you know stats would have helped but i don't know um, i will say the game does get a little bit better once you get more health like a lot of times like yeah. that we're in those early sections where you have a lot of health so like those combo chains would insta kill you yeah my problem was that i didn't ever find any health drops or upgrades yeah but when i was watching the playthroughs on youtube uh the guy would like like i have i had this problem with super metroid too where he would just like start punching a wall that had no indication of there being anything hidden behind it. And then boom, there's, it's a hidden wall. And I'm like, what, <laughs> how am I supposed to find that? Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I know in Castlevania, simply not specifically, I got used to the general types of walls you should be looking out for. And nine times out of 10, I would just swing attacks at a wall and nothing would happen. But every once in a while, it's like that wall right there. 
that that's a breakable wall and i would get it and yeah there'd yeah. be a little secret behind it um i did not get that sense for that in metroid i missed so many secret walls in metroid but for some reason yeah. i had it on lockdown in castle but the thing with super metroid is that they had give you the x-ray scope so you can physically go into each room and be like is there anything secret here so you actually get one of the familiars the fairy Dude. uh reveals secrets okay. for you and then also you get uh a sonar ray for your bat which reveals uh, secrets so all right well that that's good fairy does? i have the fairy familiar but i didn't figure out what she did yeah she'll she'll use healing items for you and she'll also point out secrets oh okay well that's good at least but i definitely would never have figured that out um so yeah uh i yeah personally you know wasn't a huge fan i think the movement uh at at least to start was way too slow for me and the combat was wildly frustrating for me to try and figure out um but i definitely uh super appreciate all of the stuff it brought to the genre like like i said the rpg elements the you know kind of the customization options that we see now in some of the more modern metroidvanias um the uh the optional stuff that derek we know you love hmm. um that uh i also love from hollow knight um but i think i like super metroid more because it i understood almost immediately how to play the game and it taught me the things i needed to know to move forward so um adam well you didn't mention if you like this or super metroid more um i kind of gotta say i like super metroid more because the combat was not as annoying at times and mainly that not issue that kind of sets it over the top for me fair and if you were to give it a score one to ten uh gonna go with about a seven andrew your score yeah i was i was gonna say seven all right derek give me your little spiel and your your preference and your score uh so i hold on uh i really like this game i think i liked it more than super metro um i think it's i think it was the maybe like the rpg elements and i think the more more, like the game just i felt paid off a little bit more uh in my like time playing it um i know like my one criticism that i did have is by the end of the game i felt too strong and i just like I mean, I didn't even find that super overpowered sword, but I beat Dracula really easily. And I was yeah. like, man, like what should have been kind of like a scaling difficulty. It felt like I peaked, the difficulty peaked like halfway through the first part of the cat, like the original castle. And then from then on, like it was just like, I didn't, it didn't matter if I fought the hard enemies in the inverted castle because I could just fly over them. So, or missed through them. Like it was like, eh. So, yeah, it, but I I would say I I this is definitely my second favorite Metroidvania behind behind Hollow Knight. That's right, <laughs> clearly. Um, yeah, but I I would give this uh, a a solid nine. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm honestly basically on the same exact page with you, Derek. Uh. I would I would classify it as my third favorite Metroidvania only because Ori I think is on the level of Metroid or Hollow Knight and once you play the new yeah. Ori I think Agreed. you might you might feel strongly about that too. Um, I would also give it a nine and the only thing stopping me from giving this game a ten is like kind of those clunky uh, 
unnecessary mechanics in there and places where it shows its age yeah like just like the the item convolution and the the spells not really having too much of a use and being completely irrelevant for my couple playthroughs um but yeah i love this game i think it feels very strong i definitely like it more than super metroid um i feel like uh it's definitely going for something different than super metroid super metroid's all about isolation kind of fighting your way through everything uh and while you get more powers you don't get inherently stronger there aren't stats involved whereas alucard like you can put in the effort and find stronger weapons and make your stats stronger so that you can become overpowered in the end and everything becomes much easier where like no matter how many of the power-ups you find in super metroid that final uh, fight with mother brain is still going to be tricky or the final fight with ridley is still going to be tricky whereas like you said derek you can just overpower uh the end of the game here um and mm-hmm. i both appreciate that and can sometimes be like all right i wish there was a little bit more of a challenge so it's a hard act to balance but overall i really really like this game um I've been on such a Castlevania high right now with uh, the show and this game, or just vampires in a general. Have you guys seen What We Do in the Shadows? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't, have, haven't seen it yet, but I did start watching Castlevania, and dear God, you guys are right. It's really dude, good. that show's amazing. Um, I know. So you guys have seen What We Do in the Shadows, the movie. Have you seen the show yet? Yeah. Have you seen the show yet? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> After I got, I haven't watched it yet. You have to. After I got the bat power okay. up in this game, anytime yeah. I would go to transform into a bat, I would do what fucking Laszlo does and just yell, BAT! <laughs> and then start flying <laughs> every time. Yeah, and that. then I got, so I would get the fairy familiar and I'd say, Allison, I got a new familiar. She says, oh yeah? And I said, yeah. I named him Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, Allison, I got a sword as a familiar. She's like, a sword? That's weird. And she's, I was like, yeah. I name him Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Derek once you see the show you'll fucking get it it's the funny oh you have to watch it it's so good um, it's yo <laughs> anyways I've been on such a vampire kick lately and this is just like peak vampire yeah. fucking awesomeness I highly recommend it uh, for anyone um, alright cool so that Castlevania oh shit we gotta do something hold on I have in front of me a hat filled with 10 games that one or less of us have played is it 10 it there's 10 in here currently Ooh. what one got added in if uh, I may ask. or is that classified it's a secret i don't remember we definitely it might actually it might only be nine i don't know but all right are we, we ready nine on the google doc yeah all right yeah hey, come on tell us what we're playing oh, there's so much pressure i haven't pulled one out yet we are going to play final fantasy 7 remake that's weird outer <laughs> wilds Sweet. I'm I, cool. So I actually uh there's a podcast called Humans Who Make Games. Humans Who Make Video Games. Uh it's by Adam Cono- Conover, the guy from Adam Ruins Everything. Uh mm-hmm. formerly college humor. Yes. He's not as annoying as that show. That show is a persona, if you guys didn't know that. He's actually really cool. And he just does a podcast where he interviews people who make video games because you don't really get to talk to the people who actually make the video games. It's all about like the faces of the companies and what the games are about and stuff. So this is like super nitty gritty, like how the games were made, where these people came from. And the episode I just finished listening to today was about the guy who made Outer Wilds. Um, Cool. So I'm actually really excited about this. My one preface for you guys, do not look anything up for this game before going in. 
and wait a good while before you decide to look anything up if you feel like you get stuck. Um, Because everything that I've heard is if you go in and you kind of look up what you like what to do and stuff it kind of ruins the experience and the experience is figuring it out um okay what's what system is this on uh i believe it's on PC, ps4 is it is there a switch version yet no i don't think it's coming to switch let me look at them uh it oh, is it's on... actually not available on steam yet yeah so oh. it's uh... it doesn't come out until june 18th we got playstation 4 and xbox one uh we can get it on oh. That's going to be a problem for me. All right. Maybe you'll have to sit out that one. Um, yeah. If you guys can find someone else for this one, that'd be all right, probably yeah. a good idea. We'll ask around. Not, I, can't, I can't go anywhere to get anything. Yeah. Maybe so. Nick or Dante will want to come back on. Good we'll luck. Talk to them. Not that Nick. The good Nick. Oh, okay. Okay. The good Nick. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Outer Wilds is going to be the next game that we're playing. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll play it when it comes out in June, but until then. Sweet. Um, do you guys want a break or do you want to get trivia through and then move on with our lives? Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go right to trivia. Yeah, good to go. All right, trivia. I bet you can't guess what yeah. this trivia is about. Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake. Yeah! Final Fantasy VII Remake, that's <laughs> weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's about Symphony of the Night. You guys know <laughs> it. You guys love it. Andrew, yeah. you're screwed because you didn't play the game. Uh, Adam won on Earthbound, so we'll see. Oh we'll my see. god, we'll that's a good point. Wait a second, that was special circumstances. <laughs> um, Alright, question number one. Who steals away all of Alucard's abilities in the beginning of the game? You might be able to oh, get this one, Andrew. You, you played that part. I do know this one. <laughs> all right. If I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you right now, since we're doing this uh, over the internet, ask me my answer first for all the questions. Okay. Just because uh, you don't want to accidentally... For fairness. That's fair. Yeah. Um, all right, Andrew, what, who uh, who steals away all it's your death. abilities? Adam? Death. Derek? Death. It is Death, the Grim Reaper himself, and then later in the game you go and kick his stupid ass. Um, question number two. Which familiar can push secret buttons to allow Alakar to enter new areas of the castle? Uh, I don't know how many of the familiars each of you collected. Andrew, I don't think oh, you got any. That's a big fat zero. Dare, uh, Adam, I think you were going to be limited by the fact that you didn't explore the Colosseum and you didn't... Uh... I, got, I got to the Colosseum. Oh, did you? Did you go to the place yeah, under I the Colosseum? Got... Wait, there's a place under the Colosseum? <gasps> yeah, there's a place that's a little bit... Wait, maybe not. Uh, I don't remember. We'll find out. There's a place post-Colosseum. Um, anyways, Andrew... Which familiar uh-huh. can push buttons to allow Alucard into uh, the castle? I'm gonna go with the bat familiar. Adam, that was that was my guess too. The bat. Derek, the imp. Uh, I think his technical name is the demon, but yeah, I'll give you imp. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's cla- uh, it can be either. Um, let me uh-huh. double checking. Symphony <laughs> of the night. Imp familiar. Let's see. Uh, hey, he's called Devil here. He apparently has several different names. Uh, I'm, yeah, give that to him. I'm giving it to him. Yeah, it's uh, give it to me. Yeah, okay. So his name is Devil, and it it also on the official Wikipedia classifies him as the imp. So Derek gets a point. <laughs> okay, fine. If Wikipedia speaks. <laughs> 
Oh, that's a weird place for a button. I think that's what he says. Something like those. Something like that, yeah. What location in the castle do you first see Richter Belmont? Does that not include the time that you play as him? That does not include the time that you play as him. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> Probably important. Yeah, that's not a trick question. Um, Andrew, do you have a guess onto what area the the uh? No, but the library. Adam? It's the Coliseum. Derek? The Coliseum Arena. It is uh, the Coliseum. Derek, you don't get bonus <laughs> points. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, do you guys know? This isn't one of the official questions, but do you know who you fight after you see Richter? Oh, there's a there's a Minotaur and then some kind of weird... Like warthog. Oh, sorry. Guy. I'm thinking when you go back to the Coliseum after the inverted castle. So Adam, you oh. wouldn't have seen this. Do you know Derek? Oh, uh, you you fight your your mom, right? No, that's a different fight. Um, uh, the my mom. You fight uh Trevor Saifa, and then I always forget the other guy's name. The guy that was a pirate. Wait, really? Yeah, the people that you fight or that Alucard travels with in Castlevania oh, Three, cool. which is what the show is based on. Yeah, you have to fight them. It's really, uh, really cool. Is that oh, that's so the, cool. the the second fight in the in the Coliseum? That's who that's who those people are. Yeah, when like they come out of the oh. caskets. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was your mom. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. I thought it was Richter, your mom, and just a weird guy that climbs on the ceiling. No, Castlevania <laughs> Symphony of Your Mom. <laughs> I All mean, right. that's basically the game, though. Derek is three for three, Andrew has one, and Adam has two. Question number four. Which secret boss gives you the gold ring? Ah, I didn't find oh. the gold ring. Oh, Derek. I got you, you had to have found the gold ring, Derek. So I got yeah, the silver ring. I don't remember the names of the bosses. It's it's not it's of like a if you can tell me what monster it is, it's the same its name is just what type of monster it was, really. It's not like Gilgamesh or anything crazy like that. It's just like Oh wait, no, I think I think I looked this up because I was curious where it was. Uh Andrew, what secret boss gives you the gold ring? Uh my mom. <laughs> oh, close. Uh <laughs> Adam. Is it Medusa? No, Derek. I also said Medusa. No, it was a succubus. Oh wait, succubus. No, no, that was I fought her. I thought she was a silver ring. No, the silver ring is the one that um you get you from Maria in the top mail. left. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it! I did fight her. I mm, I got the ring. See why I said it was close, Andrew? Huh? Did you see why I said it was close? No. Your mom's because the succubus pretends to be your mom. <laughs> yeah. She like tries to trick you by being your mom and telling oh. you to kill all humans. I thought you were insulting my mom. Maybe no, there I was. was actually a mom. There was actually a mom scene in this game. All right. Question Whoa. number five. What are the five pieces of Vlad that you need to gather to fight the final boss? If you give me three of them, I'll give you one point. If you can give me all five, I will give you five points. And this is five points. This is super uh, or sorry, two points, <laughs> not five points. That'd be okay. <laughs> uh, this is very much honor system because there's obviously a list of five here. So I want you guys to physically write them down. Um, Right. Actually, here's what we're going to do. Type them out in the Discord chat, and then we're going to count down. You're all going to send them at the same time. That way it's as fair as possible. Okay. And then let me know. Everyone's give me the okay when they're ready. And then we'll, you'll all hit enter at the same time. 
Alright, this is a total guess, because I didn't get that far. The podcast chat or a, a DM? The podcast chat. Okay. Adam, yeah, I'm in podcast chat. Alright, I'm good. Adam, are okay, you good? Ready. Yep. Andrew? Give me a sec. The five pieces of Vlad, what were they? I'm very much looking forward to reading yours, Andrew. <laughs> this is a person, right? Vlad is Dracula. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Vlad Dracula Tepes. I mean, I got them all, and I don't even know. <laughs> all right, Andrew, are you ready? All right. Better than what you guys are. All right, I'm good. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, we're going to read Andrew's first. <laughs> Andrew said, right leg of Vlad, left leg of Vlad, right arm of Vlad, left arm of Vlad, Vlad the Forbidden One. Uh, while I, I'm going to give you one point. you about Pot of Vlad. I'm going to give you one point for creativity because <laughs> uh, that's a clean Exodia joke right there. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all right, Adam said, head of Vlad, torso of Vlad, arms of Vlad. Legs of Vlad and Heart of Vlad. Let's see. You got one right. Uh, Derek said. Derek said the eye of Vlad, the bone of Vlad, the arm of Vlad, the heart of Vlad, and the brain of Vlad. All right, we're gonna have to go to the committee on this one. Allison, would you count? Would you count uh, bone as rib? All right, Allison says yes. All right. <laughs> so uh, the correct answer is the rib of Vlad, which Allison said bone counts, the eye of Vlad, which Derek had, the heart of Vlad, which Derek also had, and then the tooth of Vlad and the ring of Vlad. Tooth and ring? Yep. Interesting. So these are the pieces needed yeah. in order to uh, go fight. What's his name? Vlad. Shaft. No, Shaft. <laughs> all right and with four points Derek wins Woo. he's the yeah, king of Castlevania the only one to beat the game fully besides me uh, <laughs> True. Adam and Andrew tied because Andrew had the good meme and I um, beat it today <laughs> <laughs> memes have never failed me uh, and then tiebreaker what is the base attack stat of the Alucard sword Oh, 42 Andrew? 55 Derek, uh, uh, Andrew? Uh, um, it, it doesn't matter. Derek 50. got it right. It's 42. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I almost said it earlier when I was talking about the, the attack damage of the busted sword that I had, and I was going to compare it yeah. to the Alucard sword, and I was like, ooh, wait a second. That's yeah, Immediately I went, oh, it's 30-something, and uh, but Alucard's 42, and then you said it attacks four times. I was like, oh, oh that makes sense. Yeah, it's busted. All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, everybody, for Ooh. listening. Um, we did it. If you want to send us any questions or any trivia-based things, you can send us an email at GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Uh, spoiler, it's probably going to be Final Fantasy VII trivia next week because, you know, the big game that we're going to spend the large majority of talking about next week is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, so get hyped for that. So if you have any Final Fantasy VII trivia, send it my way, and I'll <laughs> test the boys next week. Um... You can check out our website, thegamesharks.com, where you can find this podcast, yeah. which you yeah. shouldn't have to because yeah. you're already yeah. listening yeah. to it. You can find our email. You can find our Instagram there. And also, you can find articles that we write, such as Andrew's review of Ari in the Blind Forest, Adam's yeah. uh, inevitable 
opinion on the new class in Hearthstone and my soon-to-be-published uh, article on how the One Step from Eden stop uh, or what did, what did I say it was? One Step from Eden taught me to chill the fuck out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely go check out our website and, uh, yeah, spread the good word of the podcast, everybody. Um, be like Steve. Be like Steve. All right, be everybody. Like Steve. Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out in three hours and 14 minutes for us, so get uh-huh. hyped. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm so excited. Holy shit. All right, we'll see you next week, and we're going to talk <laughs> a lot about Final Fantasy, so get ready. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bye. Later. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>